Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we read stories based off. The- <laughs> you I, gave me a look. You do gave I- me a note. You gave me a look. You know. You know. You gave me a look. You I was staring at you the gave floor. Me, you gave me a, no. You weren't. You were. You. Ha- I can see your eyes angled up at the camera. Okay, so we're gonna try this again. This whole thing staying in. It's fine. Hello and welcome to World Shop. This time we're reading stories. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. You still have to find a way to ruin it. Like you, you still have to find you still have to find a way to just just give me the finger. Anyways, how's it going, Cody? Jordan, it's going pretty good today. It's going pretty good. Yeah, you know what they say: every day is a winding road. Um, the frick did you just say to me? Every day is a winding road. You never heard that song? Podcast is over. I quit. Yeah, I'm done. Okay, yeah, okay. Thank you guys. And that was World Talk. Cody's <laughs> plugs are Wandering Gamer Network, and you can catch me out on the 50 shows I do now because I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> like one of my friends asked me it's like so why do you do so many shows it's like well let me tell you it's the <laughs> void it's yeah, the it's void the, it's to fill the black pit that is my heart that's right. why i do so many shows anyways i feel like that's too personal so that might get cut no so, leave in the void no because i'm like no we can't so cody what have you been into recently and don't just say jerking it <laughs> Have I ever said just jerking it when you asked me um, what I'm into? <laughs> Off stream, yeah, a lot because like you're disgusting and you disgust me, and everybody needs to know that's the truth, and I'm not lying. I don't think I've ever said that. I I think you're actually totally. I've said weird things to you before. Don't you get me have wrong. said like I why did I have to lie about to this weird thing when I could have just said an actual weird? I thing don't know said. why you're choosing to well, make this story. Up yeah, because I could have just been like, oh so yeah, Cody times. once said that like, uh, no, I we don't need to go into the weird things you said to me. Yeah, no, probably we shouldn't. It's How almost like I say those to you in confidence. <laughs> you say them with Diana sitting right there, so like that's not really confidence. So anyways, She's Cody. also a friend that I would assume would not. Anyways, my point is this is made for public consumption. So. I'm pretty sure only Hi, our Jordan. friends listen to this. Yeah, I mean, I know that. Um, <laughs> oh, what am I into? Gosh, I remember yeah, what yeah, you yeah. asked Other me now. Yeah, <laughs> um, Please, just, oh, just, just, just go, just go. I just drank a whole bunch of Bang Energy, and I can tell. Why are you doing that to yourself? You know, I don't like Wait, Bang Energy. What is Bang? In, hold on, what is like B A N G Bang Energy? Diet Coke mixed with cocaine. Oh, no. <laughs> so Coca Cola. Well, no, they don't have any sugar. That's why it's Diet. Coke. Oh no, this looks horrifying, Cody. It's, this is just like this is acid, Cody. One of their drinks is called Rainbow Unicorn, Cody. Rainbow Unicorn. You know what that does to your insides, Cody? That melts out your insides, Cody. It does. You know, it actually does. Like, this is an audio thing, so it's difficult to tell this. But I'm a person that occasionally... Cherry Blade Lemonade. Jordan, I'm telling a story. I'm a person that occasionally struggles with weight, right? And recently... Bingster doing... Berry. Huh? Bingster Berry. Stop talking about Bang Energy drinks. So my diet used to be like if I was going to a client and I was waking up early to drive halfway across the state to do that, it'd be like, yeah, let's slam a jam three Bang Energies and eat a whole bunch of Chick-fil-A. Champagne. And then don't eat anything for like 12 hours and then stop at the first gas station I see and buy everything and cram all that into my mouth. And and then How are you not dead? Like how 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 are you not dead? Power well, I, punch. How yeah. are you not dead? Well, you know. Anyways, you should so be Cody. Been, you should be dead. 
Your body is literally flowing off of energy drink. You should be dead. I drank. Continue. I, I drank a decent amount of energy drinks somewhat recently. Um, what have I been into? Gosh, Jordan, I had something that I wanted to talk to you. Oh, food wars. Oh my gosh, I want to complain about food wars, kind of. Yeah, um, I I was gonna actually bring up food wars because man, it is so hard to power through for me right now. I oh well, then just don't watch it. I, I mean, don't if it's hate that it. It's just it's not miserable. It's just like I can't like I find parts of it like it's kind of fun, but it's not something I want to watch by myself. So what happens is at some point, like I think it's season three or season four. I don't know why this is, but like the quality of the animation drops off. And I saw someone make this complaint and I hadn't noticed. And it like ruined the show for me. Like the fourth season, it looks like a slideshow. Nobody moves except their mouth. Like, do you remember like old, like, well, no, none of us do. But have you seen those like really old cartoons where it's a static shot and it's just lips moving? Yeah. Or basically way of the house husband. Oh yeah, actually. Yes. That's similar. But yeah, like. Because early on in Food Wars, it was like all these intricate shots of them cooking yeah. and like there was and the and it was all animated. Right. So it's like a lot of really intense stuff showing them like cutting up things. And like even the intro, there's like a cool little sequence where like the title card is chopped up with a knife, you know. And yeah. by the fourth season, it's literally just everyone is static still. Mouths are moving. That's it. You never see them cook. It's just they talk and then present their dish. And it was yeah. it's like really disappointing. I would like. Kind of, I enjoyed watching the fourth season because it's fun to watch a show with Mandy. But yeah, it, it was like definitely a turn for the worse in kind of a disappointing way. It's definitely, I mean, it's like, I am i don't hate it. I'm not like mad about it, but it's definitely like not something I would have ever picked up on my own. Yeah. And I mean, for me, that is like a style of anime that I enjoy. Like it's giant and exaggerated and silly. And I enjoy that. And I like the characters and. I even really liked the turn that the story took, kind oh, of, until I've... the very end. Um, Wait, are you like finished I, with it? Uh, well, I finished season four, which kind of wrapped up a rather large and, like, impactful plot. Like, I don't really know what season five is going to be, because, like... Uh, so, you know how, like, Soma and Arina are kind of, like... Rivals, but, like... That's... So, they're, they're now in love, right? Is what's No, they're not. They're not. No. But they're, like, working together, and it's... I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. There's like stuff that's set up that is basically paid off as like, what I'm trying to say is did he give her the octopus yet? No, kind of actually the other way around in like a stupid way. Um, oh. The octopus came back like that as an ingredient came back, yeah. but it's or in a it way that I didn't think squid. really made sense. It's spoilers, but yeah, my point we, is animation dropped off. So I was a little bit sad about that. And I think really that's like, I've been playing Grand Theft Auto with friends on the internet. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh, Jordan. I started playing an MMO. I started playing Final Fantasy XIV because it's free. You, who talks about, like, how much you hate Final Fantasy, you got Final Fantasy XIV. I did. It's free. And I have some, like, I other... really want to go back and dig up the archives of you telling me how dumb I was for playing Final Fantasy VII and all this other stuff. You I, are. I do dig that up. I do, you I do are. And I'm dumb. Up. Like, Jordan, I'm I'm making a bad choice right now. You know what I mean? I haven't changed my opinion. I think I'm I'm being stupid. Um, I don't know how... I can't... I just wish MMOs were fun from the beginning. I don't know why there's a part in MMOs where you have to go and kill sheep. Who wants to do that? Why yeah, is that uh, a quest? Are you specifically talking about your replicate? Huh? 
Oh, you're not? Oh, that wasn't based off of what I've been playing recently? Oops, no, no. I was so I've literally had to run off and kill sheep. Lots of sheep. And it's yeah. just like, go kill 14 sheep. And I'm like, I'm supposed to be like the savior of the world. And you have me here filling out sheep killing papers. They're called lost sheep. And I'm murdering them with a giant axe. And I'm just like, eh. Why? Why is this in the game? You know, and it, but it feels like the M MMOs just have to. They can't not do that, you know? But I've heard the grind in Final Fantasy XIV is a lot better. Like, it's actually pretty soon I'll be able to play, like, with other people in kind of a fun format, which is what I'm actually looking forward to. So, we'll this is just, This is rich. This is rich coming from you. This is actually I, I just rich. I want to get far enough into an MMO to see why people ever enjoy them because at the beginning there's no way people actually like the beginning of MMOs. This, this, They're this lying. Is absolutely rich. Absolutely rich. Like if you played the first like five hours of Final or of like World of Warcraft, it's terrible. No. It's, no, it's garbage. It's unplayable garbage. And anyone that you, says otherwise, I'm convinced you're gonna they're lying. You're going to offend our listenership, and we are going to get into, like, a war. Does anyone still play World of Warcraft? Who isn't, like, Yeah, 40? lots of people still, like, lots of people still play World of Warcraft. Yeah, they're all 40, aren't they? Like, it's a, it's a huge, like, people my age. Yeah, I'm not 40. Anyways. I'm making just, this face both because um, I'm implying that you are 40, and also because I, I don't believe Cody, people I, our age play I, Cody, I got, World I got, of Warcraft. I know, you have to, I know you have to explain what you're doing to the audience, but you don't have to explain it to me. I'm already so upset with you by this whole episode. <laughs> I know, I know. And I, I, I love that. I love coming Remember like that real five seconds when I actually showed you what happiness looked like? It did. It's like, nah, I'm no longer happy. And then I happiness. crushed it. I punched it yeah. right back down. It's like, hey, Cody, for the first time in life, I'm happy. He's like, oh, how can I fix that? <laughs> uh, a swift emotional people's elbow, you know? <laughs> yeah, straight, straight up. Anyways, you got anything else? I saw the trailer for Fast and the Furious Nine or Fast Nine or I want to F I literally I literally want to throw myself I, into a pit of spikes. I want to be a fan of those movies so bad. I watching the trailer, I'm just like, why am I not watching these all the time? They're they, like some of them are fun, others are just abysmally bad. I think like, I think I, I love thought that. F Fast and Furious Eight was just bad, and people were like, no, it was such a good movie. I watched it so much. I'm like. No, but plot and everything that happened was the just it was bad. It's so cliche, it's so dumb, it didn't really make sense. The cars were flipping. Why would it matter? The cars were flipping. They literally it's like did Mortal World Kombat. War Z, the monsters with, were punching. They literally did World War Z, but with cars in Fast and Furious 8, where they just had a bunch of zombie, con like computer controlled cars just rushing at people. Yeah, it was so <laughs> epic, zombie ridiculous. cars. Yes, dude. Watch. Why watch aren't I movies. watching these? You, you, you podcast is over. I need to go watch. Final I know Fantasy, not Final Fantasy. You, Cody. Yeah, you need to watch serious. Final Fantasy Eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you, Cody, as a person would really like it, but they're real dumb. They're real. real I watched dumb. the first two with Mandy because we watched a reviewer talk about how they're actually kind of fun, and then we stopped watching them. But the first no, two were no, fun. It, they don't get ridiculous until like five. Yeah, it takes a long time before their secret agents and their cars can do like backflips. Yeah, because the, the first. Of a the first three are just like fun racing movies, and it's not until like four, five, and six when like they really like get off the rails with the crime stuff, and then like seven is international crime and dealing with the god's eye and all this stuff. It's like it's so epic. I don't ridiculous. remember. I the, I think this was in a later one. It's one with Dominic Vin Diesel. Um, yeah, Dominic he's, Vin Diesel. Yeah, yeah, I think he's in Dom. Cuba, and yep. um, that's, he's um, like that's eight. 
Okay, so he's like racing a car, right? Yep, that's eight. And he, <laughs> I just remember he like puts a pop tab on the vacuum line, like yep. he like looks at camera while flexing and drinking a coke. Yep. Just like when I want to go fast, I use a pop tab from a Coca Cola can of Coca Cola Coke. Throws the kill. Yeah. You know, puts the tab in. Oh, and actually, like, I don't know if that's okay. You know what? It's a lot of them. They're all bad. I don't like them. Anyways, well, I do. I do. I like the pageantry of it. It's very ridiculous. But like nine is enough. Sorry, seven was enough. After you know Paul Walker died, is? they should have stopped. They shouldn't have kept going. Okay, this is this that is movie like, was awesome. But grim and not grim so hear me out oh, just go what no it's like i think i i'm like right now i'm craving movies like godzilla and mortal Kombat and Fi- yeah, final you realize that you're gonna final di- fantasy because you realize oh. you're gonna die soon and that you wanted to get all the ridiculous out of the way before no you face what it is times. i think i miss seeing those types of movies with friends because i love watching terrible movies with friends and i haven't done that in so long that now just like watching those it's like I get that warm feeling like I could make fun of this movie with friends. Ha 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 ha. And like next to me, I have a cardboard cutout of like you and Zach and other people. You know? <laughs> and I'm just like, ha 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 ha. Friends, look. We're watching you play a like movie a laugh together. track from a sitcom. <laughs> just like, yeah. ah, see, look, it's like we're all laughing together, guys. I have oh, a little recording God. of you saying you're angry that I just play every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like it. There. Yeah, take just, that sound clip. Take that one and just play that up. Ah, I don't like it. There, there. Okay, I'll, I'll when I edit it, I'll send that to you just so you Thank can have you. that sound clip of just ah. Also, Jordan, what have you been Thank up you. to, man? Thank you. With six minutes on? left of this segment, you finally give me a better. Why break. are you timing the segments? Because I'm not timing this, but usually when we go over 20 is like when our episodes last to like an hour and a half. And I'm like, okay, we need to start Look, wrapping this up. My chapter is only like eight and a half pages long. Okay, yeah. Last week was 11, buddy. <laughs> last, last week, week was, was 11, but it was weird. Last space. week was 11 and I was like a heavy six. Now I'm like a standard five and you're eight and a half. So I think we're fine. I remember when you were like, oh, we should probably have five pages each. And then you're like, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> like, I I'm never ever going to so do that. so hard. And then the, 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 I just, but in the typing. end, it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah. I just quoted Lincoln park anyways. So what have I been doing recently? Um, why playing... would you quote Lincoln park? Why would you so do what that? What I've been doing recently is I've been playing. No, we need to talk about Lincoln park. And I know recently that you talked about how you don't like JRPGs. Like would I even mentioned it before the final fantasy talk? You're like, all JRPGs are bad. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, okay, fine. You know what I'm going to say to you? You're right about the whole, yeah, it doesn't really kick off until like multiple hours in. Like, I'm 10 hours in, and I've been doing side quests, which I know side quests don't matter in a near game. So I'm I'm, wa- I'm literally wasting my time killing sheep and delivering stuff about um, dashing. Like, like, it's all a waste of time. But I like the gameplay, and I really like Nier Automata because it's very melancholic and i know this one is the original it's a remake of it but yeah um oh so, is that what it is i didn't i didn't know yeah, what this was near replicant like or version 1.7 blah 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 because it has a weird name because you know square enix likes their weird names um it is a remake of the 2013 or whatever near game that came out for playstation 3 so yeah yeah it's a full full remaster and it's technically technically the sequel of automata there are like loosely connected sequels, but um, yeah, so far I'm liking it. But yeah, the beginning, 
I read like so many reviews where it's like, oh yeah, this doesn't get good until like 10 to 15 hours in. I was like, I hate when games do that to me. Because Death Stranding yeah. is the same thing. It's like, it doesn't get good until you're about 12 hours in when you're like finally past the like third um, story mission. Like when you're finally on part three and like to the main content and everything. It's like, cool. I'm glad that you're wasting my time. I have like mixed feelings about it because like, I understand that stories need progression and it can't yeah. just be like, oh, climax well, all the time. hours of it. <laughs> but um, one of my, you know, Zach was talking to me about yes. it one time and he was like, yeah, I just don't like games that don't respect my time. And I think that's yeah. very accurate. I feel like I was there when Zach said that. <laughs> you you might have been, but it's something he's said many times. And especially like when having free time becomes something that is not guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, come on, this is ridiculous. We should not be sitting here for this long. But I, I guess the, Big thing with me is, like, now games are actually starting to come out for PlayStation 5. Like, Resident Evil 8 is coming out tomorrow. Oh, yeah. There's this game called Returnal, which is basically 3D space bullet hell Dark Souls that looks really cool that I would, like, at least check out once it gets cheaper. But, like, it looks like such a hard game that I would never beat. But, like, like there's a bunch of stuff coming out. And it's like, well, now I'm playing a game that, like is making me wait 15 hours for it to get good. Like, I'm not to, like, the, like, bulk of the story yet. And I've, like, looked at, like, videos of, like, some of the bosses stuff coming up, and it all looks really cool. But I'm not there yet. And it's, like, I won't be there for another, like, few hours. And it's, like, okay, fine. And it's, like, and, like, why would you do that? Like, have all these side quests that really don't matter. Like, story-wise, like, oh, yeah, it's, it's like, Go kill these sheep so I can feed my granddaughters. Like, I really don't care. It's like, oh, hey, can you get me um 10 lizard tails? Like, I don't care. Oh, well, hey, um, I need you to deliver this letter to someone I love. Deliver it yourself. You are literally the postman. You are literally the postman. Stuff like that is, I've played a game like that that I loved. And I'm going to sit here and talk about Ocarina a game that I've time. talked about. Well, Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild. Where... There is, like, tons of crap like that in Breath of the Wild, but you don't have to do any of it. But Breath of the Wild is one of those games that you can kind of just, like, hang out in forever, you know? And just kind of, oh, I just feel like doing yeah. something. You wander and around and talk to really somebody. It's not really that thing, but the thing is, like, I see all these blips on my map of people I can talk to for quests. And then, like, and then I know when you go to the second part, like, the main bulk of the game, those quests will now register as incomplete. And, like the kind of completionist like perfectionist in me is like i don't want to like 50 quests on the side to say incomplete i don't want i, well, I have 30 that in the first with, one. i don't uh, want 30 quests to be like you just didn't care enough i don't like that what was the game um horizon i had that problem with horizon where like i think what, what and we talked about this before what happened to me with horizon was there was a ton of side quests i hadn't gotten to yet and then the game picked up enough that i'm like i can't go back and do those now you know yeah <clears throat> I mean, that's why I did them all up top and didn't did the story. Right, yeah, but then that's, uh, you know, then... You yeah, yeah. when you come to the story and they're like, oh spears. my god, we're so impressed that you did this on the first time. It's like, I'm your god now. <laughs> it's like, I can literally kill a Thunderjaw without taking damage. It's like, it's like, don't mess with me. Except for, oh, I went back briefly before Near Replicant came out and all the other games are coming out. I went back to Horizon to beat the DLC so I can go and do the final run through on the hardest difficulty so I can get the final trophy that I don't have. Man, they don't like me. That game is hard. The DLC is 
hard. And it's like, okay, I guess I just use bombs for everything. I'm not even gonna like <laughs> aim for your weak spots. I'm just gonna like shoot a bunch of sticky missiles on you, and then when you fall over, stab you a bunch. That's my strategy now. <laughs> no, I mean that game Horizon was fun. Like I when Horizon was doing its thing, it was really good. <laughs> yeah, but on like the second to hardest difficulty, it's like the DLC yeah, it's not is a not joke. fun. Yeah, it was they the don't, main they game do not was hard on normal, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then, like, I like, and I have all the stuff, and I have all the armor and things, and I like still get thrown around like a ragdoll. It it hurts sometimes. But anyways, we're not here. This is not the Horizon Zero Dawn podcast, Cody. You know what podcast this is? World Shot, the podcast where we tell stories based on prompts that we talked about like five months episode ago. One, episode one eighteen, but like two months ago. Yes, actually, it's probably closer to three because we've had some breaks in there, huh? The hyperbole was there, so I wouldn't have to be accurate. I'm gonna just say no. I'm like, you keep saying you want to have me visit so we can do like an in-person show. You know, I'm going to end up hitting you by the end of it. (laughs) Because vaccinations. I'm getting my second shot next week. Yeah, buddy, you got it. Excited. Anyways, so Cody, I guess I'm not even going to do the what was last week thing because you know, like. To the audience who like is either saving this whole story arc thing until and listen to it once or listens to it every week rather than the like breaks that we've been putting in between, they know what happens. So me telling you to explain it badly back to me isn't helping. So basically, paranormal agency. Um, we got up to our third arc where there is um, a couple of suicides happening at unexplainable suicides happening at this hospital and they're going to investigate. But um, Nate's mother is actually station uh, station is actually at this hospital and they have issues with their mother. So there was um, a lot of talk back and forth with um, dealing with family drama. And so now we're back to, um, you know, fun monster investigation thing. Let's find out what these um, anomalies are that are causing people to commit suicide in an extensive care hospital. Now, hmm. now, do you want to? Since I explained it all, now do you want to say what it was about? <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a, that's a joke, Cody. <laughs> I'm just trying to stall because you know I hate starting. Well, I hate starting with a story like this because I'm afraid that I'm just gonna just. Jordan, I want you to know if you don't slander. start talking very soon, I'm literally going to start talking about Evanescence and Linkin Park because I started listening to both of those now because you brought them up. So, do you want me to talk about Evanescence or do you want to start reading the story? Wake me up, bitch! I can't wake up! Save me! Get it! Jordan, it is 10 o'clock at night, please. It's 9.53, sir. Anyways, this is Story 2, Part 7, or Chapter 7. Part three of the actual story arcs. This is. Can you actually listen to my story rather than just bobbing your head to evanescence, please? Like, can you? I'm doing both. Care? Can you actually care about what I do for once in your life? Do you want me to turn off my camera? Or are you gonna? Start? No, no. Okay. Anyways, this is chapter seven, attempting whisper, and then finally at the end of this chapter, I will reveal what this story arc is called. Maybe. Anyways, <clears throat> we spent hours in Rachel's room talking that morning. Rachel wanted to know all about Nate's work life and where I came into the picture. We had gotten good at lying through our teeth and improvising lives we never lived. I was some, it was something I was good at because they were the same methods I used when my parents would call me. They didn't want to hear about the struggle or the gory details, so I just made something up. Lied about grades, relationships, jobs, the works. 
This was no different, except I wasn't lying to cover up failure this time around. Lying was part of the job now, something that we would something that we had to do to protect others, ourselves, and our employers at no name. As Rachel asked us more about our stories, we tried to prod at any information on the anomaly that she might have heard about. It was hard to ask questions without drawing attention to why we were digging into it, or that there was even a supernatural problem to begin with. Rachel had been in and out of the hospital for years now. Doctors didn't really know the answers to her many problems other than an autoimmune disorder. Sometimes she would be fine, like she was now, a steady state of just making it. Other times, her organs would be close to failing and she would be so sick the doctors wouldn't know if she would make it through the night. It was a turbulent existence, never knowing if she would actually make it to the next year. One month, things would be fine. The next, she could be deathly ill. So she stayed at the hospital where they took care of her. The doctors had gotten used to tending to her health episodes and she had gotten used to never knowing what tomorrow would look like. But Rachel remained in good spirits. She believed that everything would be okay, that God would not let her die, and that she would live long enough to make up for how she treated her only child. When the words came out of her mouth, I could tell that Nate was still wary of her actions, but cared deeply. Rachel had been under the care of Dr. Melvin Merritt, but in the last five months had been switched over to Dr. Carter Christ. Christ was a relatively new doctor, but despite that, according to Rachel, he filled in the big shoes of Dr. Merritt quite well. We found out, like all places, gossip and rumors spread like wildfire. Despite being an extended care unit, the hospital staff and patients were all whispering about the incidents happening inside. Five suicides in just two weeks seemed a bit bizarre, seeing as this type of thing didn't happen up to this point. Each of the deceased patients had been those who had been in the ward for a very long time, and some of whom had been suffering for most, suffering the most for years. All this stood out to me like an angel of death, one who would think they were doing the right thing by putting some of these patients out of their perceived misery, someone who would think it was upon them and only them to set someone free, thinking they were doing some honorable work of God. But a life is still a life. The only thing that didn't make sense to me was how. Angels of death aren't usually known for tossing victims off of buildings or downstairs. Three of the deaths were jumpings and another was a fall from steps, presumably on the way to the roof to jump. The only thing that could possibly fill in the blanks was an anomaly. But what kind? Was someone levitating sick people to the roof and throwing them off? How were they going about it without being noticed? These thoughts swirled through my head as we spoke to Rachel. Outside of all those thoughts, the thing that bothered me was that the last patient who died was on Rachel's floor. The other two were higher up, and now it seems like the anomaly and possible killer were much closer to Rachel than we had previously thought. All I wanted to do was search the hospital and question every patient, nurse, and doctor, but that's exactly why Alistair sent us and not a full team. Interrupting our conversation came a loud knock on the door. I turned around to see a tall, bulky man with short, thick black hair standing in the doorway. He was, well, he was dressed as a doctor, white coat over a black dress shirt with various pins or other tools in his chest pocket. He had bright blue eyes and a big, genuine smile on his face. Ah, oh, I thought I heard voices in here. Rachel, I'm glad to see you have visitors, the man said in a deep, booming voice. Ah, oh, Dr. Merritt, it's been a while. Heard you're no longer Rachel's doctor, Nate said, standing up to greet the man. 
Unfortunately, no, but Miss Winters is in very good hands, I promise you. I usually stop by daily anyways. I just like to know how my former patients are doing, Dr. Merritt said back with a big smile as he shook Nate's hand. Rachel smiled and waved. Oh, this is my coworker Danny. We were dropping by for a little bit to make sure Rachel was okay. Can we, uh, can we talk to you outside really quick? Nate said, motioning for the door. Of course you can. I always have time for Miss Winter's family, the man said, stepping outside the room with us. Nate quietly shut the door behind us as we left. Thanks for stopping by. Don't really know about this Dr. Chris guy. Can you fill me in at all? Nate said quietly, as if shutting the door wasn't enough to separate our conversation from Rachel. Well, he's a fairly new doctor. He's a young guy and does not have too much experience, but I know he tries his best for his patients. The hospital administration has been switching him on to a few of my old patients as well as giving him a handful of his own. It's sad that I can no longer work with them, but I am glad that he is caring for them. Dr. Chris is a good man. Things move around a lot here. There is no need to be concerned, Dr. Merritt said assuredly. Have you noticed any change since he started working here? I butted in. I don't know what you mean. Nothing has dramatically changed here at all. Things run as they always have. Yeah, but... What about these suicides that have been happening? Things like that didn't happen too much before he came around, did they? Nate said in a serious tone. I don't think the two have anything to do with each other. Dr. Chris has been nothing but helpful since he started his residency here. The patients are safe in his hands. Your mother is safe in his hands. I wouldn't go around accusing people you don't know of things they do not control, Dr. Merritt said in a low, angry voice. I'm sorry if I overstepped. I just, I'm worried about Rachel. These types of things scare me. They don't just seem like a big coincidence, Nate said, shooting me a look. I assure you, these types of things happen. Your mother is in no immediate danger. You do not have to worry, Dr. Merritt said. Yeah, but five suicides in the span of a few weeks is rather alarming, Dr. Merritt, I said, backing Nate up. The hospital staff and administration are well aware of the situation. We are doing everything in our power to stop the incidents from occurring. I apologize, but that is simply all I can do. While I do everything I can, please continue to do what you can for Miss Winters. I know that she has missed you in the last few months, and your return has brightened her mood quite a bit, Dr. Merritt said sternly. I saw Nate's lower lip curl, and I could tell they were frustrated by the doctor's remark. Thank you, doctor, for your time. We should get back in there and make sure she's okay, Nate said in a sickly sweet tone. All right, I'm headed off to one of my breaks. If you need me or Dr. Chris, do not hesitate to let us know. Thanks. See you later, doctor, I said as he walked away. Nate turned to me and in a low voice said, Something fishy is happening here. If there is something up with Dr. Chris... Why would Merritt just jump in to defend him so fast like that? No clue, but something fishy is definitely happening. There is something he's not telling us, but then again, maybe he suspects something is up too and is doing his own little digging, I said. But then, why not just tell us that, Nate asked. Maybe to just keep it to himself. Maybe he thinks it's a problem he can solve. Maybe he's behind it. I've got no clue. After all, in his eyes, we are just civilians. All I know is something is up, I said back. Nate scrunched her nose up and stared off to the side. 
I have no clue how we're going to get to the bottom of this. It feels like there is no way we can figure all this out. Just then, a nurse pulling a cart for food came up to Rachel's room. Nate? They asked excitedly. Is that you? Sarah! Nate said happily. It's been too long. They stepped close and gave the nurse a hug. Glad to see you're still here, Nate said with a big smile. Yeah, keep him busy. A lot has been going on recently. It's getting hard to keep up, Sarah said to Nate. Who's this guy? She asked, motioning to me. This is my partner in crime, Danny, Nate said with a devious smile. We were here to see Rachel and make sure she was safe after all the, uh, you know, Nate said, lowering their voice for the last part. The suicides, you mean? Sarah said back. Yeah, just something seems off, I said to Sarah. How does anything like that happen here anyways? Sarah stepped closer and lowered her voice. Things have been changing with the administration, and we have been, let's say, understaffed at night to say the least. Not to mention, security isn't the strictest after hours. Once you get up to the individual floors, actual security is pretty lax. That gap in things leaves a lot of room for bad things to happen, you know? So, these suicides happen at night, Nate asked. Almost exclusively, Sarah said as she looked around to make sure no one was listening in. The first one happened around 3am, they say. Seems like as soon as everyone's back is turned, bad things happen. Are any of the doctors around during that time? I asked. Usually only the night staff doctors, Chris, Merritt, and Heigl, are usually only on call during that time. This Chris guy... Do you know anything about him? He's taking over for Merritt and looking after my mom, Nate asked. Honestly, Chris Chris seems like a really good guy. A little more attentive, a little better at caring for some of the patients than both Heigl and Merritt. Don't get me wrong, all three are great doctors, but Chris comes from out of state. He seems to be like one of those best of the best type guys. Seems to actually care and listen to the patient's needs, as well as process all the information at once, rather than looking at things that happen to the patient as individual occurrences. So, he's one of the good ones, huh? Nothing weird about him? I asked. Really, he's a good guy. In my opinion, Merritt seems a little bummed that Chris is taking a lot of his long-time patients, but he really is good for this place. I think with him, a lot of the patients are better off. Ah, thanks for the insider info, Sarah, Nate said gently with a smile. This new information threw me off of my original thought process. The new doctors seem to be okay, but things aren't always as they seem. Anytime, Nate. Anyways, I'm just bringing in lunch for everyone and then going to do a quick round of check-ins. Sorry, Dr. Chris will be in here later if you want to check in with him, Sarah said going back to her cart. Nah, that's okay. Danny and I are going to run out for our own lunch in the cafeteria. Tell Rachel we will be back in a bit, Nate said, waving to Sarah as she entered Rachel's room. Sure thing. Hope to see you again soon, Sarah said. Nate and I headed off to the cafeteria in the main wing of the hospital to compare notes. What we knew is that there were five suicides that all happened at night due to a lack of security. We assumed that the culprit was not aiding these suicides in person, but rather using an anomaly. We also assumed that both Dr. Christ and Dr. Merritt were somehow involved. From talking to him, Merritt seemed to want to keep his mouth closed. It seemed like we would need more impromptu interviews and more time to investigate, but I could see it in their eyes. Nate was on to something. We finished up our subpar food and headed back to Rachel's room. Nate was less tense than when we 
when I first met them at the hospital. I was more tense than normal. It was better the boogeyman that you could see rather than not knowing what was coming for you. For all we knew, anyone in the extended care wing was prey to the anomaly. We made it back to the extended care wing and up to Rachel's room. The door was open, as usual, so Nate walked right in, knocking on the door to alert Rachel of our presence. Rachel was watching some drama on the TV when we waltzed in, and then turned the volume down for us. Hey, Rachel, sorry we dipped out so quickly. We just wanted to get some food and talk about work for a little bit, Nate said nonchalantly. That's fine. I'm glad you came back. I was worried I wouldn't see you for another month or more, Rachel said, worried. Well then, good news, Ma. We are spending the night, Nate said with a big smile. What? Rachel and I said at the same time. I looked at Nate. It made sense to stay if the anomaly occurrences happened at night, but just what were they planning? Not gonna lie to you, I'm a paranoid son of a bitch. These suicides have me worried, and quite honestly, I don't think they are suicides. Something is going on, and I don't like it. Since Nurse Sarah says there is a lack of security at night, I decided Danny and I are going to be your bodyguards, Nate said. What they are trying to say is that they want to spend more time with you, I interjected. Rachel smiled and looked at Nate with teary eyes. Whatever the reasoning, I, I don't mind. I'm just glad that after all this time you want to be here with me. Yeah, and I want to make sure you are safe, even if I am overthinking it all, Nate said, taking a seat. Plus, this show looks interesting. Me and Dad used to watch things like this all the time. I shot them to look as if to say, are you sure? And Nate nodded, alerting me that they made up their mind. I took a seat as well, and we began watch. We began there. I took a seat as well, and we began to watch TV with Rachel. The day went by quickly, flipping between movies and Nate catching up with Rachel. There were a few times when things got awkward, but Nate stood their ground, and were honest with their feelings. It was rocky at times, but then again, what family isn't rocky? Sarah stopped by later to deliver dinner and let Nate and I bum a few extra trays off her. Overall, I would say it was a nice night. Then again, my mind couldn't help but think, are we putting ourselves in danger? Are we actually doing any good? Or are we just wasting our time? I was worried nothing would actually come from our time in the hospital this night. But then again, at the very least, we were taking care of Rachel. As time ticked on, I went home for a quick second to get a change of clothes and a spare blanket in case it got cold at night. I hurried back to make sure Nate wasn't alone with Rachel too long, but by the time I made it back, Rachel was already asleep. Nate took residence on a small love seat on the side of the room, and I made camp on a cushy chair next to Rachel's bed. We talked back and forth for a while and then turned off the lights after dark. It was our big plan to sleep in shifts. Nate would let me sleep first, and then I would stay up for a few hours while they slept back and forth till morning. Never realized when I fell asleep, but before long, I felt Nate shaking me awake and saying, Your turn, dude, as they dove back into the couch to sleep. I did a quick walk around the floor of the hospital, but didn't notice anything off. Everything seemed like your usual quiet lull of a routine night. Nothing was out of place, nothing jumped out at me, so I headed back to Rachel's room, pulled out my phone, and dove through shitty phone games. It wasn't, before long, yeah, it wasn't before long that I felt my eyes growing heavy and my body longing for rest. I was a horrible lookout because I was drifting into the warm blanket of darkness that signaled sleep. 
I embraced the darkness and drifted further and further down, letting my mind let go of all that worried me. For once, I felt a calm and gentle sleep, unlike the turbulent nightmares that I experienced from time to time ever since surviving the doppelganger and joining No Name. I sank further and further down, but at the bottom of my journey, I felt true emptiness, an absolute nothingness that brought on peace. And then, panic. I tried to move, tried to pull myself out of sleep, but nothing happened. I was just stuck in a dead zone. What was I doing here sleeping while I was supposed to be watching after Nate's mom? <sighs> I failed again. Let my only friend's one wish to take care of their mother go to waste. For all I knew, she could be getting thrown off the roof at this point. I tried to shake myself awake, to scream out for help, but nothing happened. No sound came from my throat, no movement from my body. In that panic, I heard a gentle and calming voice come to me. It was soothing, but it sent chills down my spine. Danny, why do you struggle so much? You've been trying so hard and getting nowhere. You'll only hurt yourself. I tried to yell, who's there? But no sound came yet again. You've done enough. You've done all that you can. It's time to give up. It's time to let go. Just let go, and all of your pain and suffering will go away. I began to lose the fight. The chill down my spine stopped, and in that moment I felt calm. Then I heard the voice come again. Just let go. And that's the end of my part. That's good. I really like that was like properly creepy. I'm really like, seriously, this art was something like, I didn't even when I first came up with it. I didn't like it. But the more and more I developed the characters and the idea, I really like this final art that I'm putting in the story. Like, I know this could have been the whole story, but like I wanted to get here and have context for all that's about to happen. No, it's good. It's I really enjoy what you're doing. I, and th yeah. that was really like the end of that was really good. It was very descriptive and, and creepy, you know? I every okay. So like every time and I mean this and I'm not like saying it as a joke and I'm not just like trying to mess around with you, but like every time you compliment me on my writing, like I do feel really, really good about it. <laughs> like like well, it makes me feel nice really thing good. about doing this, right? Is that we're not just like writing into a void. Like maybe someone will enjoy it. Yeah, you know? but like when, when you're just like, oh yeah, you're doing really good. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'm like punching well, in the air and chapter. dancing. That Thank was definitely you. like the creepiest it's been. And like, this isn't necessarily a bad, th well. It is a bad thing. If you have to go, well, it's a bad thing. No, I was trying to think of the doppelganger was creepier. And I think the doppelganger was more like on the nose. You yeah. know what I mean? And this is more subtle, which makes it creepier. Actually. Well, yeah, so that's really, kind really of the like thing. This. Like, truthfully, like, it's scarier the boogeyman you don't get to see or you don't really know yeah. what it is yet. than the doppelganger presented itself right up front as being creepy. Like, he immediately opened the door and knew, like, oh, crap, something's coming Yeah, it was like all me. warning signs. Like, that's just, we're like, noping out. That's, like, where the horror movie, like, logic comes in. And yeah. you're like, I would have been gone. Yeah. Like, if I open the door and there's a clone of me, it's just, like, slam the door. All right. <laughs> Family's dead. Uh, Whatever. We're just, we're torching the past. I This isn't my name anymore. So, um, yeah, guess the whole house is just going up in flames, huh? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's like, like when I see a spider in my house, and I'm just like, "All right, get the gas. House is <laughs> yeah, gonna get the go. aerosol can. Get the match. Let's do it." <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but yeah, no, I'm really um, glad that you're liking it. Like, 
I really like this story. And this is definitely something that, like, in my mind, I want to continue doing. But we'll see. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm the king of not finishing stories right now. All right, Jordan. It's getting late. Let's do this. All right. Sun's getting real low. Chapter seven. My eyes are blue. Oh, sorry. Last time the house was haunted. Anyway. <laughs> Last time there was a haunting, and um, she broke a bunch of statues, and um, and they, she met a general yeah, contractor named Lester. Lester, That's and then it. they went through the house on some of like ideas of what they wanted to contract. Yeah. See, I pay attention. Amy Grimes. My eyes are mm, okay. Can I go? Can I go? Now? No, no. Go, go on, go on. Are you sure? Yeah, sure go it's on, okay. Go on, yeah, yeah. Okay. My eyes are bloodshot and my hands are shaking. Mary is pouring me a cup of coffee while cooking an amazing breakfast of eggs, sausage, cherry tomatoes, and crusty, well-buttered bread. However, my nerves are so shot that I can't enjoy any of this at all. I can tell the stress is getting to me when I stop caring about Mary's cooking. Usually, my coffee would be a creamy tan uh, sweetened with brown sugar. But instead, with trembling hands, I suck on scalding hot coffee. How's it going, Amy? Lester's a trooper. He should have quit on us a long time ago. I think the only reason he's sticking around is for the food and coffee. He's sticking around because he likes you, and he wants to bring his family here when the job is done on a little vacation. Sure, yeah, but... This house is... And I'm not joking, is trying to kill him. (laughs) Well, that is not wrong. How many statues have you smashed now? Ten... And I've burned six painting and I've burned six paintings and have threatened to rent a bulldozer and take down the entire graveyard. The house started acting more civil ever since then. I have noticed that the showers don't run green anymore. Oh yeah. That was a treat. Thank God that has stopped. Two things happened at once. First, the new doorbell rings. It has a little camera on it, and it makes a cute little musical sound. In the now brightly decorated and sunny entryway. The entryway is now complete with a hand-built check-in desk, a cool board for keys with little carved numbers and names above each of the rooms, and a phone, and by some miracle of miracles, a computer that the house has not yet killed. Lester had to set up a series of interlocking surge protectors and battery backups, but we are now but we now have 100% uptime. As soon as the bell rings, I hear a scream from Lester up the stairs. Oh, God, the house hates the new bell. How many times have I told Milo? I rush into the entryway. I don't immediately see blood, so I sprint to the door and wrench it open. Milo is standing there looking sheepish. He's holding a stack of papers and some tubes. I pull him into the entryway before turning to sprint up the stairs to find Lester. I know, I know, I'm sorry. Don't ring the bell. You've told me. I'll deal with you later. Get upstairs and make sure Lester is okay. Mary, get the wine bottle. <laughs> does this does this really call for the wine bottle? Mary, get the goddamn bottle. <laughs> right away, Amy. Milo and I rush up the stairs to see the hall of old wooden doors and blood red car- carpet. All of them are open and bright sunshine is pouring into the hallway, save for two. My uncle's room, that I have never managed to open, and one other, the last guest room to be remodeled. I can hear shuffling and hard breathing from behind the door. My veins go ice cold. Rage cooling into something more determined. Where was Mary with that bottle? Lester? Lester, can you hear me? Nothing from the other side of the door but a heavy thump. Milo, kick the door down! (laughs) Milo rushes past with all of his not-insignificant toned muscle and crashes a shoulder into the door. 
It does budge, but not enough. And I can hear what sounds like gasping from the other side. Milo, he is dying! Knock the door down now! Milo rushes again, this time with a shout. He leaps at the door, smashing it to splinters. He tumbles onto the floor in a room of pure chaos. The blinds are drawn, and flickering shadows from an old bulb cast the room into mad strobing lights. There is a horrible stench, and I can almost see the shadows now practically solid around the room. Somehow, an extension cord has been wrapped around Lester's neck, and the other side around the running ceiling fan. The big man is being noosed right in front of us. Milo leaps up. Not again! He grabs the cord and starts trying to wrench it free. But I can almost make out the shadows, uh, the now nearly solid shadows, pulling it even tighter. Milo manages to loosen the cord enough that Lester can take one massive deep breath. He staggers to his feet, reaches up, grabs the cord that is wrapped around his neck and the other end around the ceiling fan, and with one almighty tug, pulls the still-spinning ceiling fan clean out of the ceiling joist, and just stands there panting. <laughs> Sorry about the fan, Miss Amy. I can replace that. No charge. I rush forward and hug him, starting to get hysterical. You should quit! This is ridiculous! Look at you! You're covered in bruises, and this is, what, the third time the house has nearly strangled you? Last week it lit you on fire! I swear it knocked your ladder over before as well. <laughs> Lester awkwardly pats my head. We're not gonna let it win, Miss Amy. I sniff. You're an idiot, you know that? I stare up at his at the impassive face of the old man, seeming not at all concerned that he had been almost killed. Then I see Milo. And you are also an idiot! <laughs> Our meeting was not for another hour, and you know the house hates the new bell. It freaks out every time you ring that damn thing. Last time, Nestor Lester was nearly impaled on a broken banister. Really quick. Hmm. So, uh, so we'll finish your sentence. But did I miss no, it at the it. beginning? Was there a time skip? Yes. Oh, I just missed it. I'm sorry. I thought it was happening within the same day as last time. Oh, no, no, no. This is... Sorry, this I, is, I, uh, I just... That's... Like, I was following what happened, but I guess I missed when you said that there was a time skip. Yeah, so the entryway now looks completely different. It's, like, fully remodeled. Okay. And when she so, ran so, upstairs, she had said, this is the last room that has left to be remodeled. Sorry. Sorry. No, that that's fine. You were being subtle about it rather than doing three months later. Like, yeah, like this and is, I, I appreciate this that, but I, I guess I just missed it at the very beginning. And, like, and like so I, I picked up on context because I wanted to... Con firm but yeah. that yeah so the, the 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 context here is lester has been dealing with remodeling a yeah. house that's trying so to like they're all yeah so they're all like they're they're like fine with this thing okay i like this idea of like they know the house is hot and trying to murder them and they're just pushing through i like that a lot so continue it's a very good i like this bit it's great continue i know i know lester i'm sorry wasn't nothing and I appreciate the rapid help from both of you, but Miss Amy, I don't think it was the bell. It was this. Lester bends down and picks up an ancient key. It's the fuzzy green of tarnished brass. Found it in a hidden compartment in the floor and... GET OUT! I'm thrown back through the door and smack hard into the wall, knocking the wind out of me. In front of me, Lester and Milo stare with slack faces as the door swings shut with them still inside. Oh, then the lights all along the hall pop out. The hallway is plunged into darkness. Shadows boil up, almost solid, faces almost visible, as scream starts from behind the door. Mary. 
I take a deep breath, forcing air into my aching lungs. Mary, get me the wine bottle! Mary comes smashing up the stairs with a wine bottle full of gasoline, rags stuffed into the top already lit. The The burning fuel is the only light in the cold hallway. What is happening? Where's Milo and Lester? In there, I said, grabbing the bottle. Let's go. I jog down the hall to the last room, my uncle's room, whose door I saw a snapshot on my first night here. It is silent at the end of the hallway, despite the screaming I heard moments ago. It has gone impossibly bone-chillingly silent. I rest the flaming rag against the wooden door. I won't waste time here, uncle. We both know what's about to happen. Open the door. Turn on the lights. Stop killing my friends. Silence. Something snaps. I've had enough. I reach my arm up and swing the bottle down against the ground as hard as I can. But before I can quite throw the bottle, Mary catches my hand. Amy, what are you doing? He thinks I'm bluffing. Amy, he's dead. Well, Lester and Milo are about to be, and I'm done with this. Amy, don't! The whole house might go up in flames and we might not get out. I don't care. I shove Amy back and raise my hand again. This time there is a roar, and the doors all down the hall snap open. Lester and Milo fall out into the hall. Again, the house is bathed in natural sunlight. Mary backs away from me, looking frustrated, but turns and runs down the hall to Lester and Milo, who both look ashen-faced but unhurt. What happened, Mary asks. So, okay, this section has a lot of people, so I have to put in the names, so okay. sorry. No, that's fine. I get you. It's it's a div- it's a different than how I usually do dialogue. Oh, what say, happened? Like, I do, like, names at the end of every sentence, so I don't see how you're doing, like, how it's going to be wrong if you do it. Like, I'm. It's not. It's just a difference, and it's like... like I said it, it Rachel and Nate, like, six different times in one paragraph, so continue. What happened, Mary asked. Something threw Amy out of the door and then slammed the door shut. Something grabbed us up and slammed us against the wall, Milo said. Who attacked you? Are they still in the room? Mary asked. No one was in there but us, Miss Mary. Just me and Milo. Then, well, I saw something horrible, said Lester, still looking fearful. I saw my dad being stabbed by stone knives, said Milo. I saw the missus, mumbled Lester, and the grandkids. Something's sick in this house. Slowly, I walked down to the three of them. Mary was trying hard not to look at me. I bent down and picked up the small greenish key and looked at Lester. The house trembled a little bit, but nothing more. I touched that key, and that's when the house went mad. Not the bell ringing, Miss Amy, said Lester. Why would the house care about a key? asked Milo. I think my uncle is trying to hide something from me, the creep, and I intend to find out, I say. What difference does it make? Just throw the key away and let's keep cleaning up the house, said Mary, sounding frustrated. Lester looks between the two of us, sensing the awkwardness. Well, I don't know about all that, but I think I know where that key goes. Really? How? asked Milo. There's an old lock down in the basement. I haven't been able to pry the door, and it looks like it matches the key. Well, I, for one, want answers, said Milo. Lead the way, Lester. As the two of them walk away, I grab Mary's hand. She turns her hard eyes on me, and I flinch. Mary, I'm sorry. That was not... Not what? Not a smart choice, Amy? Not smart that you nearly killed us? That's permanent, Amy. Just because you think you're seeing your uncle's ghost doesn't mean we can... Die. This house isn't worth that. 
Well, it is to me, well, no, not specifically the house, but this dream, getting to work here, getting to work with you, not just rotting on a pile of money. I would give anything to not just quit on another thing. I want this place to be my home, and frankly, yeah, I kind of want to put my family in its place. I know, I know, Amy, but remember who's important. Your uncle was alone in this home, and you don't want to be like him, I promise you. We follow Lester down into the basement that is now stuffed with statues, old paintings, and dark molding rugs. The place looks like a rich tomb and smells of dust. Nothing like the bright, clean decor that Lester had hand-built for me over the last few months. Here's the part where I say it's the last few months. <laughs> Being down here reminded me what the house used to be. It was unrecognizable. The house is now full of light wood and natural light and pale stone. Just being in the home makes me feel soothed and comfortable. I do love this house until it tries to kill me or Lester. Lester was breathing hard as he limped over to the door that was so old I might have missed it. That is, Miss Amy. I felt cold. My heart was pounding and that smell was back. That smell that had haunted me for years. I stuck the key into the lock and turned. The door sprung open and ahead of us lay a dark staircase made of creaking wood that led down through huge stone. We should leave, said Mary. I want answers, I said. I do too, Mary, said Milo. This is a bad idea. I'm telling you this might be unsafe, said Mary. Lester, what do you think? Lester stumped forward and put his foot tentatively on the first step, then bounced up and down. Seems okay. I push past the small crowd, turn on my cell phone flashlight, and make my way down the stairs. As I descend deeper, the creaking gets louder, and a feeling of damp presses in around me. It's stifling as my breaths come in shorter and shorter breaths, until finally, I find a, wooded sla a wooden slatted floor. The boards feel soft and spongy underfoot. As I shine my light around the room... It's very small, and there's only a table, a chair, and a few and a few books around a stone wall. See, there's nothing down here. We should go and just board all this up. What is your problem, Mary? Sorry, I tried to burn the house down because our friends were getting killed. And I thought that was bad. You tried to burn down the house? asked Milo. Don't start, Milo. My problem is that this is a bad idea, and there are parts of this house that are better left undisturbed ask your dad milo this place is evil and he knows it the best thing we can do is just coexist with it and not make it frustrated just let the house be and we can just just what mary i'm not here to just maintain status quo milo looks concerned a amy i think mary may have a point we all get that this house is kind of haunted and that you're really trying to antagonize it, but I don't know, you could try to be nicer to the murder house? <laughs> if the house doesn't want to play nice, then it's going to get what's coming to it. I just want to still have a home after all this is over. I look Mary in the eyes. She's scared and angry and sad. This is upsetting her more than I realized. Mary, I... There's a wet popping sound and the floor falls out from underneath of me. I have a sick sensation of falling. I startle awake, lying in a shallow pool of water. I splash up to my knees, the sound echoing around a massive, damp cave. There's a small shaft of light coming up from the broken floor far above me. The light is shining down on a stone pedestal that looks almost as if it was naturally formed. On the pedestal, there is a small, ancient book impaled by a knife. 
I hear shouts from above, but all I can focus on is the book and the smell, that rotting sweet smell of earth. It's calling to me. Amy, come and learn. I shuffle closer. Learn of your heritage. I reach out with my hand. Your birthright. My hand grips the dagger. Become the master of death, Amy Grimes. My head feels like it's splitting. Sore like a muscle that I've never used. My mind starts to rattle and shuffle like an old slide, like an old slide machine. I fall again into the murky water, my mind racing with a rush of memories that are not my own. Oh, snap. And that is the oh, end of Oh, snap! Cody! You, man, that was a good haunting. That was great. I I enjoyed this chapter a lot. That's a, I'm really that, having a lot of fun. I Okay, you. Uh, the thing is, I like everything you're doing. And I know I can't help but compare myself to you. Like, oh, well, everybody's going to think your story's better. But, like, you are absolutely killing it. And I think yours is too, though. Like, this, the, your last bit there, like, and not that, like, the early part of the chapter oh, yeah. wasn't bad. It just made me go, like, oh, so that's a super evil guy right there. <laughs> like, I just got e- evil guy vibes right away. <laughs> um, but that, like, ending bit that you had with, like, sleep paralysis, that was real good. That Thank was very, you. very but, good. But, like, okay, so. I know we don't have to review our own stories. It feels kind of whatever. But, like, there are a few things that you did absolutely amazing. The just going from, in the last two chapters, you did your typical horror house. But then going to having it be like, oh, they're just still living life as normal, but dealing with the horror house as it comes. Oh, great take on that. And I, I like the way you did that. That was very fun, very whimsical. I was like, okay, well, I guess we just got to do this in the horror house. And like, okay, well, <laughs> hey, get, get this ready, you know, because we're probably going to need it when the horror house freaks out. Like, I love that. <laughs> then the, you're haunting at the, like, like then having a haunting moment of like, okay, this is like, that would be like something that happened at the beginning of Poltergeist where like something like slides across the floor. And they're, and they're like treating it like, okay, this is weird. Let's find out more about it the early haunting of her getting locked down. I was like, okay, yeah, we saw something weird. It's like, this is starting to get real. That conversation they were having really good, but you're haunting at the very end. That is what I like to see. That is the type yeah. of haunting I love. And you nailed it so hard. I I really like, I think I like this length of story. Like, yeah, it's, it, I like that there was enough time to do like a slow build. And there's like, common descriptions that i'm using over and over and over again that are like going to pay off in the next chapter and i'm really oh, excited like i don't know exactly what the next chapter is 100 gonna be but there's like little there's like a moment that i know i'm excited to have and like that's the part that i'm like really pumped about so like it's fun to get to set up and pay off and see how those things go you know so i'm, I'm really enjoying it i just uh, i think i I think what we just need to keep doing is just writing por- par- paranormal stories because I think that's where we excel as uh, as a group of writers and friends is I think we excel writing paranormal. I mean, you and your romance, you excel at that. But I think we've just been, we hit a stream of paranormal wish... stories and we're just riding through real hard. It's kind of funny. I wish that there was more romance in this story, but like... um. The only characters that have enough time for it to have made sense would have been Mary and Amy. 
But that just like wasn't my that wasn't my plan when I wrote the story. So I haven't like set that up yet. You know, I mean, like I was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe like her and Milo, there was going to be like I thought that's where you were going when I like you first started. It was like um, her and Milo were going to be a thing because like like you started out as like a very like seeming like familiar thing. But like, yeah, I hope this doesn't come off as crass, but I do love a good power lesbian couple like. A good, a good, like, well, like in a story, a good, like, strong lesbian couple is like one of my favorites because it's, it's like, yeah, guys. <laughs> and I think that like it's it's kind of funny because I like kind of talked to you about this that like basically writing a draft, I can see places where I would do things differently mm-hmm. already. Yeah. Um, and I think that if I wanted to include romance in the story in a substantial way and not just like maybe, like trying to think of the right like the only characters that i had originally intended to maybe have like something romantic happen was amy and milo or amy and a version of lester's character that no longer exists okay um, not not the like um jan not no. janitor but the um contractor oh i'm lester not that lester but like a different lester <laughs> There, there was there was a different version of Sexy the contractor Lester. that works Sexter. on the house that was going to be like a younger guy um that would have like made sense as like kind of a love triangle between like milo and um not lester because it's like a completely different character Mm. but this is like it's you've made fun of me for saying discovery writing but it's the nature of the thing i don't plan it out hard enough in advance to decide that um the way that i ended up writing milo's character there just wasn't really chemistry between the characters just didn't happen yeah yeah Um, yeah and so, like, if I was going to do that, I would either need to go back and go, like, Amy and Mary make sense as the couple in this story and write it that way. Or I would have needed to do a lot more with Milo than I did. Um, it's like one or the other. And I didn't do either. So it's just kind of like there isn't a romance right now, which is yeah. fine. Limited time. Have to kind of focus on what I want to focus on. And I like the relationship between Amy and Mary. And that does have, like, some interesting stuff that's going to pay off. It's just not romantic yeah yeah i mean i i i think it's fine without romance i know you are really sad without romance but i, I think it's fine anyways oh uh, you got to do plugs my dude uh check me out at the wandering gamer network uh we we you know we just wander anywhere we game. The wandering gamer network yeah sounds good to me um you can check me out on my other podcast the side characters podcast where we talk about diversity in their culture you can also check me out on um my friend trin's stream twitch.tv forward slash phloem p-h-l-o-o-e-m where we do chaos fiction theater and read stories about well read bad fan fictions and then you can check me out on we belong on wednesdays where we talk about the animus um and that's all i got Thank y'all for listening. Go to you got anything else? Nope, I'm good. Okay. Thank y'all for listening. We we appreciate you. Catch you on the flip side. Bye. Bye.